Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Okay, today we are wrapping up our series called Life in One Chapter, where we're looking at Proverbs chapter 3. And let me just say this, if you missed last week with Greg Gunn from Family ID being here, I'm telling you, you, you need to go and watch last week's message. It was unbelievable. Um, so get your phone and go watch it from our, directly from our website or download our church app and watch it from there because it was unbelievable. My kids are still talking about the things that he said, especially the parts about your siblings being on the same team. I mean, it was, it was incredible, okay? All right, uh, two summers ago, Amy and I took the kids on a week-long vacation to Yellowstone National Park in Wyoming. And I'm telling you, if you're an outdoors person, uh, Yellowstone is amazing. Like, you have to go. It is incredible. Well, I remember one morning we were at the ranger station trying to figure out which trail we were going to hike that day because we went hiking every day. And we were looking at one of the longer trails. This was a 14-mile trail. And... uh, we, we, in the description, it said that there's one section of the trail that they described as a little buggy. I was like, I was like, hey, no big deal. We've got deep woods off. Like, we're going to be fine. So you know what? Off we went. Well, sure enough, we got about seven miles into the hike, and we arrive at the place where they described as a little buggy. And really what it was... It was just this long, enormous open field, um, like a plain, that had to be like mile, mile and a half across. This thing was huge. So we reapplied our off, and off we went. We get about a quarter of a mile through, and all of a sudden we realize that by a little buggy, what they really mean is swarms of biting flies. And so we're like, I mean, I'm telling you, these things, they were like an inch long. These things were huge, okay? And they had fangs. I mean, I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. And so we're like, we're swatting them off of one another. And look, these things, I think they drank off like Dr. Pepper. In fact, I think I saw one of them on my belt, like, and so then I'm like, I mean, so we're smacking each other, trying to get to And I'm like, hey, kids, let's just jog. And so we're like, we start jogging and we're flailing. We're white, we're smacking. We're just, I'm like, just run, just run, get run. And so like, we're like, we're sprinting, we're running, we're flailing, we're smacking. And somewhere in the world, there's a wildlife photographer that had to be snapping this up like, what is the matter with this family? Maybe there's a medical condition. I better record this, you know? But anyway, we finally got through it all. And I'm telling you, the things that we saw on that hike were unbelievable. We, went to, we saw this one waterfall that, was, that spilled off of the top of a canyon down into a mountain gorge into this incredibly placid lake that was, remained shallow so that you could literally, you could walk all the way to the waterfall and you could stand under it if you wanted to. I mean, it was unbelievable. And then there was this one geyser that we saw. It was really small. And so this big bull bison was just sitting there, like right beside it, you know, and I don't know why, maybe to keep the biting flies off, I don't know. But um, we were able to get really close to him, closer than we were able to get to any other bison in the park the whole time we were there. And then the remote mountain lake, the bald eagles, I'm telling you, the stuff that we saw on that hike, we got to see things 
and experience things that people who were not willing to take the risk never saw or got to experience. It was awesome. And so for us, there's, look, there's many paths that we could take through life. But God says, you know what? If you will take the path that I describe in Proverbs chapter three, if you will take that path, just trust me. I've got some great things in store for you. You will see things that other people will never see. You will experience things that other people will never experience. And yes, there might be you know, some like biting fly sections of life. You know what? But just like me and the kids, you'll look back on that, and after it's all over, like, you'll laugh about it. It makes it more memorable because you know that whatever you went through was worth it because you got to experience all of this other. And that's what King Solomon is essentially telling his son in Proverbs chapter 3. He, look, he tries to give his son a glimpse of what this path through life looks like to get his son to take this path so that, and hopefully that he would choose it. And so we wrap up this series today by talking about two more characteristics of this path. Now, let me say this. Um, we just simply don't have time in this series to talk about all of the characteristics of this path. We talked about that in week one. This series would just be like insanely long. And so our staff has done a great job of writing a series of devotions for all of the verses that we're not gonna get the chance to cover on Sunday morning. So if you want that, um, I will give you an opportunity to request that when we get to the end of today. So let's jump right in, go ahead and pull your message notes. Let's ask this question. What are the next two characteristics on this path? What are the next two characteristics? Well, the first one we're gonna talk about today is this, is that I honor God by how I live. I honor God by how I live. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter three, beginning of verse nine. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth. I want you to circle the word honor. We're gonna camp out on that word quite a bit this morning. With the first fruits of all your crops. I want you to circle the word first fruits. We're gonna come back to that as well. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Okay, now. Here, Solomon talks about honoring God with how you live, and the example he chooses is the example of your finances. Now, I mean, he could have chosen anything. I mean, he could have talked about career or family or marriage or words. I mean, he could have done anything, but he chooses finances. And honestly, I think it's a really good thing because how we handle our finances is a great indicator of whether we really do honor or not honor God. Now, in fact, let me ask you this question. Why do you think, why do you think this passage says that we're to honor God and not just obey God? I mean, wouldn't it just make more sense for God to just simply say, hey, look, I just want you to, just when it comes to your money, just obey me. Like, just, just obey. But God doesn't say that. God specifically chooses the word honor. Why does he do that? Why does God want me to honor and not just obey him? Well, here's your feeling. It's because God wants to capture my heart. 
God wants to capture my heart. See, here's the thing. You can obey God without your heart, but you cannot honor him without it. Let me say it again. You can obey God without your heart, but you can't honor him without it. I mean, think about it. This is true with your kids, right? I mean, you could go to your kids and you could say, you know, you will obey me. You sit down right here. Oh, and they might obey you and sit down, but you can tell by looking in their eyes, they're standing up in their heart, right? You know what that's like? Because their heart is not in it. Look, and look, we can do the same with God. Like, we can obey God, and we can keep all the rules, and we can do all the right stuff, but we're standing up in our heart. Because you can obey God without your heart being in it, but you can't honor him without your heart being in it. And I think that's why God says that we're, he wants us to honor him. Because look, Yes, God wants you to obey, but he wants you to do more than that. He wants you to take it to the next level. He wants you to honor him. Now, look, let me just say this. Obeying is a good thing. I'm not saying that. Look, and there's, even if your heart's not fully in it, there are lots of blessings in life that come from just straight up obeying God, even if your heart's not in it. So, even if your heart's not in it, you should obey God. There's blessings that come with that. But that's not God's hope for you and plan for you. He wants you to get to the place in your life where you're like, okay, God, I want to do more than just obey. I want to honor you. I want to honor you with how I live. That, that means basically you say, okay, God, God, you are the number one priority in my life. And because you're the number one priority in my life, every part of my life that I can possibly think of, I want to honor you in how I act in that part of my life. Because you are worthy, and you're amazing, and you're God. That's what he's saying here. Look, and here's the thing. When you choose to honor God and not just obey God, that is how God captures your heart and he captures it even more when you make that kind of a choice okay now how does this passage say that we're supposed to honor God what does it say we're supposed to do yeah we're supposed to honor him by giving him our first fruits okay now I know that is a word that we never use but the Israelites would have understood it very clearly because they were primarily an agricultural society and so as an agricultural society, they knew that a first fruit, that when a farmer would harvest all of his crops, he would take the first tenth of all of his crops or the first tenth of the proceeds from his crops, and he would give that to God. That was called his first fruits. And he trusted God that everything that was left over would be enough. That's what it meant. Okay, so what, what does this mean for us? For, you know, for those of us who aren't farmers, what does this mean to you and to me. So it means that when I get my paycheck, that the first thing I spend my money on is giving to God. The first thing I spend my money on is giving to God because that shows God that I honor him. It shows that God has captured my heart. And so what you can't do is you can't say, okay, God, you know what? I'll make you a deal. 
Whatever I have left over at the end of the month, I mean, no matter how much it is, God, I will give all of it to you. And so God, if it's a really big amount, I'm gonna give you a really big amount. And if there's not anything left over, well, then that's partially your fault because you should have just blessed me more. Like, no, 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 no. That is not how it works, okay? God says, no, no, no. You honor me first. You honor me first. And just trust me because I'll make sure that the rest is enough for you. That's, that, that's what he's getting at. That's what he's saying here. And look, and here's the thing. All of us know that when you get to the end of the month, there's not any like left over, okay? And God knows that too. So that's why God says, hey, honor me first and then I will bless the rest so that it will be enough. But here's the thing, when it comes to finances, the truth is we need some assurances, right? And God gives us some. Look in verse 10, look what it says. It says this, it says, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now look, I want you to be careful and understand this. This is a proverb, not a promise, okay? The di there's a difference. A proverb is something that is generally true for most people in most situations. But it's not true for every single person in every single circumstance every single time. That's not what this is. This is a proverb. And now, I'll be honest with you. Of the people that I know that give to God first, like right off the bat, right at the beginning of whenever they get a paycheck, I mean, literally, everybody that I know is better off today than they were five years ago. And some of them significantly so. But look, I can't guarantee that for you because God doesn't guarantee that. So anybody that ever comes to you and says, hey, you know what? You give God a dollar and he'll give you 10 back. They're lying to you because that's not what God says. And the truth is you're, you're, you're too smart to believe that anyway. But what God says to you is says, hey, look, don't worry, just trust me. Because look, what's the number one reason why people don't trust God with their finances? It's one word, you know what it is? Fear. It's fear. It's fear of saying, you know what, God, if I give you this, there might not be enough left over for me in the future. <laughs> but God says to you, he says, I know your future. Like I'm the one that's mapped out out your future. I know everything that's gonna happen. So you can trust me. I've got this. Trust me and honor me with your finances. That's what he's getting at. So look, would you be that person? Would you be the person that says, okay God, I'm, I, wanna do, I wanna do more than just obey you. I want to honor you in all areas of my life, including my finances. And so God, so that, you know, whenever you get paid, you say, okay God, I'm gonna make sure that I pay you before I pay Visa, before I pay my mortgage, before I pay White House Black Market, before I pay Chick-fil-A. Although that's almost like paying God because I'm telling you, it's like manna on a biscuit, isn't it? I mean, that is so good, so good. But, but, but look, 
Would you be the kind of person that says, okay, God, I'm going to honor you? And look, just a, just a note of practicality here. Amy and I, we've just simply automated our giving through our church's website. So it just, it just happens automatically. And I'll be honest with you, I wish that I could automate the rest of my life to honor God. Like, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. So look, you can honor God too by just automating it you know, through your bank or through the church website, whatever you want to do. But honor God. That's part of the path. Here's another characteristic of the path that we, that's described to us in Proverbs chapter three, and that is this. Number two is that I will accept the Lord's correction. I will accept the Lord's correction. Proverbs chapter three, verse 11 says this, says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Now look, there's times in life when God brings correction into my life. And I don't, I, look, I don't need to get mad at him for it. I don't need to like, you know, shake my fist at God for correcting me. Because look, here's the thing. He loves me too much to allow me to stay the same. And he loves you too much to allow you to stay the same. And so sometimes he'll correct you. I mean, come on. You do this with your kids. I mean, that's why you discipline your kids, right? It's not to show them how mad you are at them. Although I know sometimes like you're really mad, like I've been too, okay? But that's not why you do it. You discipline your kids because you don't want them to grow, you don't want them to become dirty, rotten kids. And you don't want them to grow up to become dirty, rotten adults. And so you discipline them because you love them. Look, if you didn't love them, you just let them go be dirt, rotten little kids and you know, who cares? But that's not what you do. You love them and so you discipline them. Let me give you an example from my own life. Um, a number of years ago, Amy and I decided that we were gonna, we're gonna just clean out all the closets, we're gonna clean out all the kids' toys, we're gonna clean out the garage, we're just gonna clean everything out because we just had too much stuff and it was time to do that. And so, um, anyway, by the time we finished, like, we, had a, we had a pretty good amount of stuff, just a pretty big pile, and we just said, you know what, instead of donating all that to charity, like, why don't we have a garage sale because like, we could make some money. It'd be good. And this was... Back in the day, when single ranch, the Single Ranch garage sale was at Single Ranch High School, and what you did was you rented a parking space, and that w became your garage. So you could just set up everything there, and then literally hundreds of people would rent these spaces, and then everybody would just walk around and you know, get whatever they want. And we knew some people that made some really good money doing that, so we said, that's totally what we're going to do. So we you know, paid the $100 to rent our little parking space for the day, and we showed up, set up all of our wares, and prepared for the windfall. Yeah, you, you know what happened, right? So anyway, we're there all day long, and literally nobody's bought a thing. I mean, like nothing, like zero. And so literally, it's like the last hour of the sale I made a poster during the last hour. I said, all you can carry, $20. Yeah, I, I was desperate. And you know what? Nobody carried anything away. It's sort of like the last 30 minutes, I changed it to 10. I was like, all you carry, $10. And finally, we had some people like, well, I mean, that's too good. So they started grabbing armloads of stuff. And so by the time it was over, we'd made $120. You take out the $100 we paid for the parking space, we made 20 bucks. That's it. 
for the whole day out in the broiling sun. So we get home and we're like, I mean, we're mad, we're angry, and we're like talking to God, we're like telling God in a not very nice way, like, why in the world did you allow that to happen? Why didn't you? And then God just gently corrected us and he said, reminded us, he said, you know what? I've called you to be givers and not wheeler dealers. Look, and I'm not saying that like garage sales are bad, okay? I mean, you can have garage sales you want to and, and it's not sin. I'm just telling you, this is what God told us. This is just for us. So you can have garage sales, it's fine. Nothing wrong with them. And so, look, you'd think we'd learned our lesson, right? Yeah, wrong. Okay, because last year, uh, the kids had outgrown their rainbow swing set. If you know anything about swing sets, like the rainbow, like that's the Cadillac of swing sets. And so, uh, we bought ours used, but it was in really good shape, no rotten wood, and we replaced the parts on it that needed to get replaced, so it was, it was really in good shape. And so, we're like, I mean, these things are worth a lot of money. I mean, we're not going to just give this away. Like, we should sell it, right? And so, sure enough, we listed it, and like, nobody was interested, like nobody wanted it. So we lowered the price and like still, no, we had some inquiries, but like nobody wanted it. That's what we're praying about. We're like, God, what's the deal? And then God reminded us again. He corrected us and he said, remember, I've called you to be givers and not wheeler dealers. So I was like, okay. So we called up one of the families that had shown some interest. They actually go to church here at the park. We called them up and we said, hey, look, we've really prayed about it. And uh, we want to lower the price of the swing set to free. Like, all you got to do is come get it. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, we don't want to take advantage of you. And I'm like, no, no, no. You're not taking advantage of us. There's no advantage here. We've prayed about this. And we want you to just have it. All you got to do is come pick it up. And so sure enough, they did. And they set up in their backyard, and then we get a phone call from the mom. They have three little girls, by the way. She gets the phone call from the mom, and she says, hey, you're talking to Amy. She says, hey, Amy, you're never going to believe what's going on right now. She said, what? She was like, I'm standing at the back door, and I'm listening to my little girls just giggle and laugh and play like I haven't seen them do in a long time. Thank you. I'm telling you, that meant more to us then anything we could buy with whatever money we'd have got from the swing set, for heaven's sake. And God used that to correct us and to discipline us just a little bit. Okay, and all that to say is that part of walking the path with God is that from time to time, God is going to correct you. Look, I'm telling you, and it's frustrating at times. It's maddening at times. But all the time, it's good. All the time, it's good. So look, when things aren't going like you want to, when things aren't going like the way that you want in life, be open to the fact that God might be disciplining you, that he might want you to make a course correction in the way that you're going. And look, I don't know what God might want to teach you. It could be anything. But here's, here's what I do know for sure, is that just like in school, if you fail a test, God will let you take it again. And so learn the lesson the first time. Learn it the first time. Okay, now one more thing. 
uh, as we wrap up, before we close. To walk this path in life means that you have to have faith. And not just faith in God, but faith in his son, Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, has there ever come a time in your life when you have put your faith in Jesus Christ? I'm telling you, I put my faith in Jesus Christ, and when you, whenever you do that, there's two big things that happen. First is that you secure your place in heaven, because the Bible says that since all of us have sinned, we've all done things wrong in our life, that someone is going to have to pay for your sin. Either you're going to pay for it by being eternally separated from God, or you can let Jesus pay for it. I have chosen option B. Because when Jesus died on a cross, his death paid the price for my sin, for your sin. And so if I would ask him, he would give me his forgiveness. And that means that I get to go to heaven when I die. The second great thing about putting my faith in Jesus is means that he, li- he, he lives inside me and he helps guide me through this life. He guides me down this path that we've been talking about. So look, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and put, by forgiving you and then following him, if you've never done that, there's a sample prayer in your message notes at the bottom. Take a moment. Pray that prayer right now. Because that's where you have to start. Now, for those that have already prayed that prayer at some point in life, make a commitment to walk this path. Make a commitment to walk this path of life in Proverbs chapter 3. Because I'm telling you, if you'll make a commitment to walk this path, your life will be more satisfying. It will be more fulfilling. It'll be more memory-making, more faith-building, more rewarding than anything that you could ever do. Any other single decision you'll ever make. It's going to be incredible. But it starts today by saying, okay, God, this one chapter... I'm in. Would that be you? Would you make a commitment today to walk that path? Bow your head, close your eyes. Let me pray for us as we close today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that that, that you have put so much practical living in this one chapter. Thank you for that. And I pray for every person that's listening to my voice today that just has this fear welling up inside about trusting you in whatever area of life, but especially with finances, the God that you would help them see that you've got this. This is no big deal for you. This doesn't even put a strain on you to provide and care for them. And so I ask that you would help them to trust you. And Father, when you correct us, I want to say thank you that you do it so gently. But I also ask that you would help us to learn the lesson the first time so that we can honor you in how we live in all things. And bring us back next week so that we can hear more of what you want to say to us. And I ask you to do this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.